they do in the darkness seems like it's so much better. I want to preach to you today maybe a direction that you didn't see this going today. Brother Jones, uh, again, uh, and all I can say is I had something else last night that I began to study out for the, today and this morning the Lord changed my mind and sent me in this direction. I even mentioned that this morning in our meeting. I said I, I started off with something else, but when he began to teach his lesson, I began to understand that once again the Lord is in control here. I want to preach to you for a while this morning. What if God says no? I didn't expect you to run the aisles on that. <laughs> what if God says no? What if Dad says no? What if Dad says you can't have that toy today? <laughs> it is um, popular and not only popular, it's, it's easy to preach about the miracles. Uh, it, it's good, it's healthy to preach about the miracles. It, it's good to build faith. Uh, I, I enjoy preaching about the miracles of God. I enjoy teach, teaching and preaching about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how the Lord delivered them out of the fiery furnace. We'll get into that a little bit here later. Uh, but uh, I, I'm dealing with very real people here today. There's something that I've... Uh, said to different people that have asked me, you know, uh, any any advice before I go up and preach. And I've had people stand behind this pulpit, and, and I've said almost without fail to uh, people, it's become kind of my motto, just be real with them. Just be real with, with the people that are sitting on the pews. Uh, uh, you know, we, we don't have uh, a bunch of rich folks that, that go to church here. Uh, we got a bunch of hardworking uh, Midwestern people, and uh, something about that makes you uh, your ability to spot a fake uh, take about a third of a millisecond. You know, we're not into a, a bunch of name it and claim it type of stuff. We're not into a, a bunch of frills. If if you stand behind this pulpit. You better have more than hype. You better be able to deliver some truth in the Word of God. Just be real with the people. Amen. And so that's what I will attempt to do today because, quite honestly, uh, we have heard so many messages and and we've we've talked about things and and we we go to places on on internet and we listen to sermons and, and that encourage us that try to help us to hang on and and those are all good things i'm not discounting those at all i, I think they're good they have their their place in our lives and i think that that uh, by and large we ought to be more on that side of things we ought to be more positive but but i also know uh, that there uh, there is sometimes when god just doesn't do exactly what I want him to do every time I want him to do it. That no matter how hard I pray or how many days I may fast, how many meals I may give up, how much I may sweat, how many uh, how many times I may tell myself that, that it's going to change it, God has a different plan for my life. Sometimes, and I'm going to say it, I'm going to be real right here, sometimes God does not heal. Sometimes God doesn't come through with a miracle. So then I ask, what will I do if God says no? What will I do if I'm praying? What will I do if I'm crying? What will I do if I beg? What will I do, you know, if I just do everything that I know how to do and God still just looks at me and he tells me in his love and in his wisdom and in his authority, the best answer I can give for you in this situation is no. What will I do with it? God say no? 
saying no to me. It's not that I don't believe that he can heal, or that he can put somebody's life back together. It's not that he can't send a $40,000 check in the mailbox to cover some financial crisis in someone's life. It's not that he can't do those things, but, but if not, if he says no, will I still love him? Will I still serve him or will I find my way out the door somewhere? What if God tells me after I've just been baptized in his name? What if God, what if God tells me, uh, after I've just been filled with his spirit? What if God tells me after a on fire, Holy Ghost filled youth rally on a Friday night? What if I wake up Saturday and I'm expecting God to open up the windows of heaven and just continue to bless and pour out and say nothing but yes, yes, yes to every one of my requests when I wake up in the morning and he says no what will I do when God tells me no I know God can but if he doesn't my intention is to still serve him one of the greatest miracles ever recorded and it literally changed the course of a nation Laws were changed. Religious freedom was granted. It was an awesome thing that took place right here when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fiery furnace. And we love to preach on what God did and his awesome power to, to make things happen. We like to preach about how the king looked down and he said, Lo, I see three, uh, 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 four men in there. We just cast three men and the fourth looks like the son of man. He, he looked it down there and he, he spotted something that changed the way that he thought. We love we love to preach about God coming through for us. We love to preach about the miracles and the signs and the wonders. <coughs> we love all of those things. It's a simple statement that matters so much right here that we read right towards the end that just con- uh, that just consumed my thoughts on this message today where Shadrach and Meshach looked at the king and he said, we don't know what God we do, will do, but we know what he can do. We know that he can deliver us. And one thing's for sure, king, at the end of this, this day will be delivered from your hands either way, but we're not careful to answer you. If he does not do what we want him to do, we will not bow to your idol. We will not bow to your wickedness. We will not bow to your ways. We will serve him no matter what he does. We'll serve him even if he says no. But if not, I'm still going to trust him. You know, sometimes we look at things and we read them and we see from this side of the miracle. And, but you got to understand where they were coming from. These men didn't know the outcome of this yet. They're up against not just a key. They're up against everybody. The whole nation's bound down, so to speak. I mean, everybody's bound down. They're all afraid. They all have heard the same decree. They all know what's going to happen if they don't bow down. So you got people that are on church in the synagogue on Sunday raising their hands and bowing their knee to their God. But when they went into, uh, when they were called out in front of the golden image, they bowed their knee to that image because they knew that their life was on the line. But these three men, here they come and they're walking out there. They don't know what's going to happen. They, they know that the king has a relationship with them to a point, but he's made this kingly decree, this royal decree, and he cannot go back on that. And they don't know what he's going to do yet. They don't know that they're just minutes away from a miracle. They could be minutes away from a tragic, horrible death. And so <clears throat> they're very blunt. They're very honest. They tell the king the way it is and you know, sometimes we think, well, you know, I'm just going to be honest. If I have the right attitude, maybe things will go my way. But it didn't go their way. 
As a matter of fact, it infuriated the king. The Bible says he became furious, so furious, in fact, that he told his men, I want you to go out there, and I don't just want your average fiery furnace. I don't want just your 150 degree or 300 degree. I don't want to just bake these guys and barbecue them. I want them to be toast when they're done. I want you to turn up the, the flame seven times hotter than it's ever been before. I got to thinking about that. And I thought somebody needs to hear this. Just because you do the right thing doesn't mean that the heat's going to go away. Sometimes when you do the right thing, sometimes when you're following God, it means that the heat is going to turn, get turned up hotter and hotter and hotter. But let me tell you something. It didn't matter how hot the fire got. As long as God was with them in the fire, they were okay. It could have been seven times hotter, but all it did was burn up those that were against them. It didn't even leave them singed. Don't worry if the heat gets hotter. Some of our young people just came back from youth convention. Man, uh, one of the brothers there had a word. Uh, our day speaker, can't remember his name. Victor Jackson, amazing, amazing preacher, amazing man of God. He said something that stuck with me. He said, you know what? When the Lord speaks, he said, look for the devil to speak too. How many times have I seen people get the victory over something? People come to an altar and they are... A lamb blasted the very next day, sometime before they can even get home with something. God speaks a word of life into them, and the devil's over here trying to steal everything that God had just given them. And it's what is in us, amen, that's going to matter. Are we willing to hang on to what God has given us? Are we willing to trust him? Or are we going to let the devil steal away everything that God has given us? For all they knew, they were speaking their final words. King, just in case we die in this fire, don't get a chance to tell you again. Let us, let us make our stand crystal clear here. We'll never bow down to your image. You know, there are some Christians that, <clears throat> that have a point where they're willing to sell out. Well, as long as this isn't ever offered to me, I'll serve God. As long as that boyfriend uh, it doesn't ever, you know, it, but man, if that dude asks me out, it's all over. If that good-looking girl comes up and, and wants to date me, then it's all over. You know, I, they're willing to trade certain things that God has given them for certain things that the world wants to offer them. I'll tell you this much right now. If the devil finds out what your sellout point is, he'll make sure that he provides it to you because there is a time and a moment in everybody's life where you've got to make up a decision. It doesn't matter what the world offers me. I've got a made-up mind. Let me make this crystal clear to you tonight, devil. There is no point. There is nothing that you can offer me. There's no money. There's no fame, there's no fortune that you can give me that would ever cause me to bow down to the idols of this world. You may not know what's going to happen in your situation. You may not know if God's going to heal you or not. You may hope that he will. You may pray that he does. You may look for that check in the mail. But if not, what are you going to do if God says no? God was there and said yes to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's, that's awesome. And that's why we can stand here and anytime we get things fired up, just immediately we jump to Daniel in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the crowd goes crazy. And I don't care if you've got people in your Bible study and there's just a handful of them there. You start talking about it, you can see everybody getting all wound up. Or you're a general conference and they start talking about it. It never gets old. We love to talk about the victories. 
we love to talk about when God said yes. But I have to take you to a story in the Bible where there's a man named John the Baptist. He's had some good days. He's had a good run. Lived out in the wilderness, ate locusts and honey. I don't know what that tastes like, the locust part anyway. I love the honey part. Honey sounds good. Locusts, I'm sure, are a little crunchy. I have to figure something out. I'd rather eat tree bark, I think, than a bug. But here he is, man. I mean, he's got a following of people. He's got, he's had all these people coming and all of a sudden he realizes his position and all of a sudden Jesus Christ comes and he's, he, he has to point to him and, and that, that's the point that he has to decrease so that Jesus can increase. People flocked to hear him speak. Things took place that were amazing. But when Jesus came on the scene, he gently bowed out of the way and said, this is who you need to follow. And now he finds himself sitting in a prison cell. And the rumor has it that he's not going to last much longer because there been a request by royalty that his head be served up on a platter, literally. Vicious days. That's the way of the world. It wants to serve you up on a platter. It is vindictive, it is evil, and it will destroy you. He's sitting here in this prison cell, probably thinking about his situation. He's thinking, you know, I've, I've done everything I could for, for Jesus. He's the Messiah. You know, supposedly, I, I mean, it fits all the criteria. John's a student. He, he knows Old Testament Scripture, he, he, he knows uh, the prophecies that, that uh, Jesus Christ has fulfilled. And, and so yet here he is, he, he's saying, you know, I played a pretty good role in this whole thing here. I've been the forerunner of the Messiah. I prepared the way. And when he came, I didn't try to steal his glory. I didn't try to be something that I wasn't. I bowed out. I did everything. I've been a good boy. I've done everything right. I've submitted to him. I've confessed that he's greater than me. I've done everything right now. Surely he knows that I am in this prison cell and they're coming to take my life. John says to a couple of his stewards that are with him, he says, I'll tell you what, I've been sitting here for a while. He said, guys, do me a favor. He said, I want you to go find where Jesus is at and I want you to ask him, I need to know something. I may not make it much longer. I may not be too much longer on this earth. And just in case, you know, he doesn't know it, would you put a little bug in his ear? I'm in, I'm in the jail cell. And they're not going to leave me. I'm, I'm at my last meal. Would you go ask him for me? Are you the one? Or should we look for another? He's referring to a, an Old Testament scripture, Isaiah chapter 61. And so the men go, and Jesus does not respond to them with a yes or no. Go back and tell John, yes, I'm the Messiah. He's done his job. Well, you know, reassure him that that, that everything's going to be okay, that I am the right one. He doesn't say yes. He doesn't say no. He simply responds to them. He says, I want you guys to stick with me for just a little while here, and then I want you to go back and tell John what you've seen. I want you to tell him that you've seen the blinded eyes open, that the lame are walking, that this is happening, and that is happening I want you to go tell him all that and so we look at that and we know that John realizes when they go back to him that Jesus Christ is truly the Messiah but what we don't understand is the answer is found in not what Jesus says but what he didn't say I'll take you to Isaiah chapter 61 
It says what Jesus' purpose is. Preach the gospel to the poor. Heal the brokenhearted. Comfort those who mourn. Give the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And, and they go back and they tell exactly what Jesus said to John. But John's saying, did he say anything else? Oh, come on, is that all he said? They're like, what do you mean? John knew the rest of the passage. You see, in Isaiah chapter 61, a big part of it was, and I will open the prison doors. Come on, I, I know that he's opened the blinded eyes. I know that the lame are walking. Did he say anything about getting me out of this place? Did he even remotely mention anything about opening up prison doors? Because it's part of the scripture. But Jesus was simply in his own way saying, not this time, John, not this time. The answer isn't always going to be yes. There are times when God will simply say no, but there's a purpose when he says no. I love what Jesus says in verse 23. When he says, blessed is, blessed is the one that can hear these things and not be offended. He says, can you take a no and still serve me? Will you still serve me even if I say no, or will you be offended and get up and walk out of my presence? What if God says no? Blessed is the child of God who doesn't get the toy that still hangs on to his daddy with your life. Blessed is the child of God who God says no to. And they say, God, I, I don't understand, but I'll tell you this much right now. I'm not leaving your side. You don't have to say yes to me. Blessed are we who say, I know God can, but if he doesn't, I'll still trust him. But God, I don't understand. I don't understand, God. I know you can do this. Why won't you do this? Why won't you deliver me? Why won't you heal me? Why don't you take care of this need? Why won't you get me out of here? Why don't you open these prison doors? Why don't you do this and do that? I don't understand. There are times when God doesn't need you to understand. He needs you to trust. You see, in the absence of understanding, all we can do is trust him. I've prayed for a specific miracle in our family, a need that's in our family for several years now. I've been up here on some Tuesday mornings with the folks that, that come up, and I've prayed, and man, the power of God is just overwhelming, and tears flow down my face, and, and I've asked God, can you meet this need that we have I've even said, God, I'd count it as a personal favor, like I'll owe you. <laughs> you know. Like I can give him something that he doesn't already have. You know, that's how foolish we get sometimes when we get desperate and we don't understand. I've I've gone home even the same day from the prayer meetings, and I've said to myself, today it's gonna be over. We're gonna know and it's gonna be a good day from here on out. I'm just gonna know that this was the moment when God did what I asked him to do, when God said yes. And to this point, he has still said no. I'm like, I don't understand it. I don't know what the purpose is. 
God, all I can do is say, I trust that you do. Phone call came up almost ten years ago, this December the twelfth. I was backed up to a dock. I told this before. Forgive me if you've heard it. I was backed up to a dock in Granite City at the Granite City Steel Mill, getting ready to make one of my first deliveries on my FedEx route. My phone rang and I reached over and picked it up, and it was my mom. I said, what's going on? She said, ambulance is here. They've got your dad. My dad had just been through open heart surgery about 18 days before. She said, they got your dad and they've got him. They're doing compressions. I thought, that can't be good. (laughs) You know, doing compressions on a man that just had his chest cracked open. This has got to be a last-ditch effort. And I said, okay, Mom, get over there with Dad. I'll get there as soon as I can. I made the necessary arrangements began to book at home. Nobody told me anything was going on and I began to beg God. God, you know what this is due to my family. God, you know what this is going to do to the church. God, I'm, I'm, I've only been pastoring three years. I, I, I need my dad. I need him here. He's only 61 years old, God. I, I, I was going through this whole circle of things with him, and I'm praying, and the tears are rolling down my eyes, and, and, and I, I'm not hearing anything. And It's been 45, 50 minutes. I'm getting to Pinckneyville as quickly as I can to get to the hospital, and, and I'm thinking to myself, well, no news is probably good news, you know. In my heart was telling me something different I thought something going on and finally I, I had the, the nerve to, to, to pick up the phone and on the other line was my wife and my wife I could hear I can hear the tears in, in her voice and she said are you okay are you alright I said yeah I said what's going on she goes I, I, you sure you don't want to wait till you get here are you driving maybe you need to pull I said I'm fine just, just tell me what's going on And she let me know that God had told me no. (laughs) It's not always easy when God says no. All the emotions began to flood. She said, are you okay? I said, I'll be fine. I'm not the panicky type. I don't totally fall apart. And as I looked up into the sky, the tears were running down my face, but I looked up and there was clouds. I'm driving eastbound on 64, trying to get down to 127. And I'll never forget it as long as I lived. In the clouds, there was a break and a beam of sunlight was coming through. And I simply looked up and I said, okay. That's all I said, okay. I had every opportunity to scream and say, I don't understand. You're wrong about this. We all need him. Do you not realize how much good he does for so many people? It was so evident by his funeral when 1,500 people jammed their way through this place to pay their last respects. What a great influence that he had. God, how can you justify taking him away? Why did you say no? But I simply said, okay. 
found my way up to this church one night. Nobody was here, and I just needed some time to be by myself. I came right down to this spot right here. And I lay down, and I just sobbed my heart out on the altar. But I wanted God to know something. I wanted Him to know that even though He didn't give me what I wanted, even though He told me no, I'm still okay with you. This isn't going to affect the relationship between you and me just because I didn't get what I wanted. I'm still okay and we're still going to make it. And even though I didn't like it, even though you didn't give me my toy, you didn't give me what I wanted, come Sunday, we'll be right here. Come Wednesday night, I'm going to be right here. My heart ached. And in my mind, I tried to piece it together and never still haven't figured it out. Because I don't have to understand God. I just have to trust Him. Would you stand with me today? I'd like to tell you that everything will be okay that God as a loving father would always deliver you from the fire deliver you from the chopping block but the reality of it is sometimes he says no and when he says no are you going to be able to look up at him and say okay all right Or will you be one of those children that said, I hate you, Dad. I hate you. You won't give me what I want. You don't give me what I think I deserve. And I hate you. If I can't understand you, then I don't want any part of you. Or will you be a child of God that says, Lord, even if you take everything away and I lose it all, God, I'm not going to stumble about my answer here I want you to know and I want the world to know I'm not careful with my answer today I will serve you I will trust you some folks God has spoken no to you in your life and you know the pain that it brings and the loss that you feel the courage that it takes to keep on just going through the daily routine sometimes but there's a purpose in everything that God does I want to invite you to this altar today if you're in the middle of struggling with something in your life if you're trying to negotiate something with God you're saying God as long as we can work this out we can have a relationship I want to advise you today that's not the way to have a relationship with God because sometimes God's going to say no what are you going to do if God says no I wonder if you 
take some time with me. I'm not going to pray with you today. I'm going to pray at my own prayer spot. But this altar is open as they begin to sing. Would you come up and make a resolution in your mind right now just between you and God?